0: relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. It is my honor and privilege to bring back onto the line Laura Zam. We had such a great conversation on the last episode talking about sexuality and, you know, vulnerability and just all of those things that A lot of people don't like to talk about, but Laura has made it her life's mission to help people in those areas. So definitely go back and get yourself caught up. Listen to that episode if you haven't yet. We'll still be here when you get back. And I'm going to bring Laura back on the line for round two here in a second. She's an author, speaker, certified trauma professional, and sexuality educator, whose work focuses on sexual healing and preventing violation. She's written in for the New York Times, Salon, the Huffington Post, and the Forward, as well as seven book anthologies. She also has her own book, which I highly recommend you check out and grab a copy of. Her book is titled The Pleasure Plan, and you can grab a copy of that along with connecting with her across all social media at her website. You can find her at laurazam.com. So go there, check her out. Laura, welcome back. Hey, Mario.
1: Great to be here.
0: It's great to have you back again. I can't wait to talk more about all of this great stuff with you. And I think the thing that I want to chat about is something that we talked about a lot in our, for one of our first conversations. And, you know, in in the state of today's world with, you know, the COVID thing and the election from, you know, 2020 and all of these things that have been happening, you know, I, I just, I see all these memes about how bad of a year 2020 was or how different it was now. I don't want to go there and say that it was totally terrible because there's a lot of good things that happened in 2020 as well. But by and far, I think people have a lot of anxiety and a lot of negative emotions tied to this past year. That being said, One of the places where I absolutely don't want to have any anxiety atop of what all is happening is in the bedroom. And I know that that's something that you talk a lot about. So I'd love to go there and talk a little bit about how to avoid anxiety in the bedroom.
1: Sure. Well, anxiety is going to come into the bedroom. So what we need, (laughs) because we're anxious. Are you serious?
0: No, I'm just kidding.
1: (laughs) Well, we're anxious all day long and then we're making a transition. And so what I recommend is that people don't put pressure on themselves to say, oh, okay, well, I've had this anxious day, and now absolutely I'm just going to be in the mood immediately. I I think many people, especially people with women's bodies or people assigned female at birth, people we often need some kind of, I call it a pleasure access point. It's some kind of a transitional pleasure that's going to de-stress us and put us in the mood for being in the mood.
0: Can you give us an example?
1: Sure. So what I like to do, I have my own ritual and uh, I've got some uh, like little pink lights in my bedroom. And so if I wanted relax just generally, I mean, anytime during the day or what have you, if I feel like I need a little bit of stress reduction, then I can just, you know, shut off the main light, plug in their Christmas lights, but they're pink. So um, I plug in my pink Christmas lights and just kind of lie down on the bed and take some deep breaths, right? It's just now this got wired in for me as something that uh, relaxes me right? Because if you do something over the course of time, and it, it's effective in that way, it can then right send this signal to your nervous system that, okay, I can relax. So something like that, where I've developed a kind of habit or association with something, I can use that as a, as a, a pleasure access point, right? I can use that something that I already know is going to relax me. So these pleasure access points should be much more about anxiety reduction or relaxation than they are about getting you know, revved up uh, sexually because it's too much pressure for so many people. What they need instead is just some, um, they need the space. They need to be allowed to make that transition and some kind of specific tool that they can use to make that transition without a lot of pressure around it. So this pleasure access point can be any kind of pleasure that somebody has determined is helpful for them. And then sometimes what I do is I call it pleasure layering. And so I'll take that initial pleasure, this relaxation slash pleasure, and then I'll I'll add something, like a piece of chocolate, let's say. So now I'm just lying down. There's no pressure. I'm just relaxed. Or I'm relaxing and now I'm going to have a little bit of chocolate. Um, And I may have made an appointment with my husband that we're going to have a romantic time because we do schedule and I'll get to that in a minute. But I need to slowly transition into that. And so, you know, so that's the that's the pleasure. This is a way of like transitioning out of the anxiety um, in this uh in this yeah in this slow and skillful way we can say and then if the anxiety is persistent then i use some of more of that pleasure layering to keep bringing me back to my body because the the anxiety is usually something going on in our heads, right? It's something, oh, you know, email I forgot to send or, oh, I'm just still really burnt out from sending all those emails or trying to meet that deadline earlier today, right? Or it could be performance related. Oh, am I doing a good job? Is my partner having a good time? You know, is my body okay? So there's so many things that could be going on in our minds. And the antidote is always to bring ourselves back into the body. And some kind of specific pleasure, especially if we can have a few of them, brings us right there into our senses, right there into our body in this moment.
0: I'm trying to figure out how you spend any time outside of your little pink room with the chocolate, because that's where I'd be like 23 out of 24 hours of the day if that was me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, there's work to be done, you know,
0: <laughs> but you it can work reliable. in there. No, just kidding.
1: It is, it is reliable as, as a de-stressor.
0: <laughs> I love it. I like that idea. And, you know, so I love the idea of the transition because I think a lot of people try to go from one high to the next, like one extreme to the other, like I'm totally stressed out, but now I'm going to be totally happy. Instead of getting, you know, cu- coming back, so to speak to center and centering yourself first so you can then have a launching off point, so to speak.
1: Right, because our autonomic nervous system has two parts. There's the the part that gets involved in fight or flight or, or, uh, enacts fight or flight. That's our, our sympathetic nervous system. And then we have the parasympathetic nervous system. It's complement. That's our rest and digest nervous system. And the thing is, if we are revved up, if we are stressed, that means that fight or flight freezes activated in some way. And with those neurotransmitters with, you know, adrenaline, with all those hormones. And so What we do is if you can bring in something that relaxes you, it kind of short circuits that fight or flight response because the body then gets a little confused. It's going, wait a minute. I'm right now I'm stressed out. I'm not supposed to be enjoying a piece of chocolate. What's going on? (laughs) And it derails. It derails the um, escalation a fight or flight and puts the nervous system into this other zone where all of a sudden it's like, wait, if I, if there's pleasure here and I'm starting to enjoy it, that means it's okay. It's safe for me to relax because we don't take time to enjoy chocolate. If we're running from a tiger. Right. And so
0: maybe you don't, (laughs) (laughs) there's always time to stop and enjoy some chocolate.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) Aside from you, Mario, (laughs) if you find yourself enjoying chocolate for for just a moment or the pink Christmas lights, um, chances are that your body's going to start to calm down because it's going to say, okay, Tiger's not here, apparently, because I'm, I'm having this I good mean, time. I
0: don't know about you, but I'm not that fast. So I'd be like, this thing's going to catch me one way or the other. So I might as well be enjoying some chocolate while it gets me, as opposed to running for my life, being scared.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is the survival thing, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Chocolate just fogs everything.
1: I'm with you on that. I'm totally with you on that.
0: But let's talk really quickly about, because you mentioned this, and I do want to touch on it, that you schedule appointments with your husband to make it a priority. I think that's something super interesting. Maybe you can speak to that for a minute or two.
1: Yeah. And I, as you mentioned in my bio, I'm also a sexuality educator and recently became a relationship coach as well. And this is highly recommended in in my field for a really obvious reason or a logical reason, I should say. If you don't schedule, it doesn't happen. And many people feel that the scheduling takes away from the romance of these encounters. But uh, as a lot of wise mentors of mine have pointed out, when you're dating, you actually do schedule your romance. And that's what makes it more exciting the anticipation of it, the shaving of the legs, the, <laughs> the putting on of the deodorant, the putting on of one shirt and taking it off and putting on the other shirt and, and, you know, flossing the teeth. All of those things are things that are, um, are helping us to feel that we are um, that we are going to be attractive, that we want to be attractive, that we want to be close to someone, really close to someone, and so when we schedule our um, our romantic time, it allows us to build that anticipation and allows us to really make it something special. Now I like to really build around that and make each of these experiences a whole adventure. Like sometimes, um, my husband and I, we won't just plan it like, okay, we're going to be, um, intimate, but we'll say, okay, well let's have a theme. Let's, let's say it's like Greek night <laughs> and we'll, you know, buy a lot of like Greek food and make some spanakopita and have some baklava and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, just turn it into something that's that's very, very special, um, that analogous to having somebody over when you're dating, let's say for the first time, and uh, trying to impress them, and and making it something that's really, really special and important.
0: I love it. I love the ideas. I love uh, everything we talked about. was Such good stuff. I mean, for people to just combat anxiety in general, which in today's world, I mean, is something that I think we could all work on better. And to make sure that you make yourself and your relationship a priority and real life strategies for doing so. So Laura, thank you so much for not only on this episode, everything you shared, but on the last one as well, I want to remind people they can go to your website, laurazam.com and grab a copy of your book titled The Pleasure Plan. They should go do that immediately. And uh, I just, I appreciate everything. I had a blast and um, we should definitely do this again soon.
1: Awesome. So great to be here, Mario.